Hello, guy. Hello, Derek. How are you? Pretty good. Been uh, chilling. Before we get too far into this, I've been meaning to do this to you. Oh, cheers. Hell yeah. Cheers, brother. What are we drinking today? Buffalo Trace. Get some bourbon in us and talk Mm -hmm. fishing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We were talking before we uh, hit record. We liked it before it was cool because we were trying to figure out how long ago um, uh, Joe Rogan started promoting it. And uh, you said about it was about like a year and a half ago, right? That's a fact. I was down. I, it was longer than a year and a half ago when I was introduced to it down in Savannah, Georgia. Um, one of our, uh, one of my coworkers, we were down there at the bar, and uh, he, he saw he saw it on the shelf at the bar, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you got to try this." I tried it. I'm like, it's freaking awesome. I don't want to just point fingers. So I mean, maybe that's a little harsh to say that it's his fault. Mm-hmm. However, you can connect the dots and say that. Now there is a shortage on Buffalo Trace and how often they actually release the bottles versus now it's gained in popularity. You can't find it anywhere. It was already kind of difficult to find it, um, you know, before that. But yeah, it's become a little bit harder and it's a little bit more expensive. Well, not necessarily. Like you said, you just got it for 40 bucks off base. No, no, no. A lot more expensive. Because oh. you can find it for like 28 bucks, right? On and base. Then, on base. Yeah. But then go to, the, I don't know the name of the store right there by Food Lion. You go in there and they wanted like $52, $55 for it. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I, I always thought it was like forty around 40 bucks whenever I started buying it. 28 bucks, my friend. Hmm. I've never seen it on base probably, probably because it's always out. That's why. That would make sense. And actually, uh, fun fact, it's not in the bourbon section. Where's it at? You have to go down like the, the whiskey aisle, and there's like a weird blend at the end where the whiskeys meet with like mixed drinks. So you have your Bacardi, you know, and Coke's already pre-mixed, Jack Daniels and Coke's pre-mixed. There's a like thin sliver of shelf where they have additional items, and the lady's like, it's always right here. And you can see a little tag, and it said $28. And I was like, hey, that's a great deal. She's like, yeah, we never have it, though. Hmm. Crazy. And you were saying how many bottles are they releasing a month now? So I have a friend who lives, I think, an hour and a half from the distillery. And what he was saying is people will show up, wait in line. Hundreds of people will wait in a line once a week when they do their uh, distillery release. And they just wait in this long line, and they'll have 100 people plus, and they'll only release 30 bottles. And he was saying that that's how they do it is they're actually starting to limit the release on a national scale. So now the supply and demand is through the roof because of popularity. People are jacking the prices up and you can't find it. So start going back to the original part. The first question I asked you is, do you want scotch, whiskey, or bourbon? And you're like, yeah, without a doubt, let's do some bourbon. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You're like, what do you have? I'm like, Buffalo Trace. I've liked it for a while. I am a fan of bourbon. However, it's just I've been a little separated out living uh, in Europe. So I have become quite the fan of a good scotch or a good whiskey. But man, this is tasty stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, exclusivity, if I said that correctly, is good for, I mean, the brand itself for the people that own it, but it's just going to make it, it's just going to make it cost more eventually. So much more. Yep. It's going to get more expensive. Speaking of more expensive, I have a new hobby. Oh, yeah. It's called bass fishing. 
<laughs> I wouldn't call this a new hobby, but yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It's bad. Uh, the last 10 days, I've gone nine out of the last 10. I don't see a problem with that, but okay. <laughs> I don't either, right? <laughs> but when the wife is like, hey, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? What do you mean? What am I doing? You know what I'm doing. I'm going to be in the water. It's, on the so, water. it's so bad now. I normally go to sleep anyway at like 10, 30, 11. Uh-huh. My alarm is set for four. I get up, <laughs> let the dogs out, make my coffee, make sure all my tackle's good to go. I'm leaving the house by 5, 5.15. Today, I was at the boat ramp at 5.05. And it so happened it was overcast. So I had some time to wait and make sure all my stuff was together and get out on the water. But I'm thinking like, am I suffering physically, lack of sleep, all for that bite? Are you? Addiction. Oh, it's so bad. I was talking with someone the other day, and it was a pretty serious conversation. And in the back of my mind while he was talking to me, all I could think about was that bite and how like you feel it, you know. I wonder whether I wonder if we're gonna be under that log today. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally thinking, like, man, I feel the bite. Like I'm talking to him, I'm in on the conversation, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, that feeling of like your your line's pulling tight. You haven't mm-hmm. set the hook yet, and it's swimming off with your bait. I literally found myself thinking about that because it happened to me several times that morning. Uh, I had five, I believe, that morning before I went into work. But like I said, it's, it's an addiction now because I'm on the water at 5.30. I'm at work by before 8, and then I still go for my run, shower, get ready for the day by 9. But I'm constantly like, what's the weather? What's the I wind? Like- what bait should I use? I like to switch it up. I like to have a healthy dose of different types of fishing. I just love, I mean, obviously love bass fishing, but I just the fishing in general, like I don't, I can catch anything and be, and be incredibly happy, just as happy catching a bluegill or a shark as if I am catching a bass. Um, might sound weird, but yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, it just depends on what I'm going for that day. Some, there are days where I'm just like, I just want to go catch a crap ton of bluegill because just a, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's it's really easy. It's really fun. I don't have to think about it. It's put a little bit of worm on hook, put hook in water, and I'm going to catch a bluegill. Fact. It's, it's one of the easiest forms of fishing there is, or I mean types of fish to go catch. And you can even adjust it from there, right? I want to yeah. go lighter. Let me get the smallest rod and reel set up. Let me get two-pound test line or the smallest thing possible, smallest hook possible, and let's see how big of a, a bluegill I can actually catch, right? Yeah, so... um when I lived in Florida, my um, the lake that my grandparents live on, Lake George, um, we would all um, not always, but like certain times of the year, the um, shell the, the shell cracker would run, the bluegill and shell cracker, they would run through the lake, and they, it was their spawn. It was whatever their spawning season was. I forget what it was, um, and we all we would take light tackle, you know, small hooks take some worms, toss them out, and we would catch hundreds of these things in a day, it seemed like. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. And when you have that small tackle, it's a fight. Hell, I've had big bluegill break my line on 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 some of the small tackle. I took Bailey fishing last weekend or something like that, maybe two weekends ago now. And I got so comfortable with her being able to cast out, I just gave her her own setup. Here you go, cast out. Let me worry about go. Skyler. So I have to worry about this two-year-old around hooks and bait and all this stuff. And here you go. She can go. Make and sure I remember, she doesn't eat it. <laughs> yeah, right. 
so here I am getting Skyler all set up, two and a half year old on a you know smallest rod possible, and Bailey starts screaming, "I got one!" And I turn around, and look, and you can see the tip of the rod just bending and it pecking. And I'm like, "Go!" And she starts reeling it in, and I have a video of her reeling it in, you know, and the excitement on her face. And you realize, like, seven years old in a bluegill. That's pure joy. That's pure excitement. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and whenever I teach somebody or I introduce somebody to fishing, bluegill is the first thing I do because of because you don't want to say you don't want to take somebody bass fishing for the first time and potentially get skunked. Then they're just bored the entire time. They don't know how to cast the rod. They don't know how to reel in the lure. There's just too it's, it's information overload. Keep it as simple as possible. Make sure they catch a fish so that way because once they catch a fish, they're gonna love it. I took Megan's dad. Um, out fishing. What was this? A couple weeks. It was for Father's Day. I took we we, t- we took him fishing. Um, and at first I had gotten a bunch of salties, um, live bait, kind of minnow, whatever. Um, and I was gonna see if I can get them on a big bass. But then I like, I'm, you know, we're sitting there for maybe five minutes, and I'm like, he's got to be bored. I I bought I, I bought night crawlers. Just let's get him fish. Something I don't care what it is. And then one. Once he caught a fish, he's like, "Oh wow, this is so much more fun now." He's like, and he said, "I did not realize this is it's the first fish he has ever caught in his life. He's 56, 57 years old." And when you told me that that you were going to take him fishing for the first time, he's fifty five, fifty seven. I remember reading that. I'm like, "What? What? That's crazy to us, right? Crazy to yeah. think fifty five years old and you've never caught a fish." But then you explained where he's from. Mm-hmm. All the details of it. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So, but um, so you know he you should have done. He, he said, I did not think that was going to be that much fun. You know, what you should have done. Was that? Did you record him? No, I you was too, I was too busy making sure he didn't fall in the water. Oh, something. for sure. Especially if I know where you took him. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little sketchy there. Yeah. But no, uh, to record that, to go back and it, I become kind of like a geek when it comes to recording stuff lately or taking pictures. But to be able to show him, be like, hey, how was that? Yeah, you, you remember it as this, right? That feeling. Now watch it. And then he sees how he actually reacted. But it's like to think 55 years old and you've never felt the nibble of a bluegill or a bass or a mahi or a shark or wherever you want to go with this. And it's like, it's right here. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most All around accessible it. sports. You don't have to buy much. Your fishing license is probably the most expensive thing, like a reoccurring fee over the course of however long you do it. Mm-hmm. Actually, a great side note. I have a friend growing up. When he was 13 years old, his parents bought him a lifetime hunting fishing tag for the state of Florida. I, I just heard about those this past, like in the past year. He was so mad when he was 13 years old and he realized his parents did this for him. When you're 13, what do you want? A skateboard? Xbox. Uh, exactly right. You want a toy. And I remember like looking at him like, why are you mad? He's like, man, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I was like, hey, 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 sure. They spent some money on it. I think it was like a thousand dollars for 13 year old. Yeah. They're expensive. But you can hunt and fish for the rest of your life with nothing, no concerns, anything. The only thing you have to do is get your special stamps. So if you want to do lobsters down in the Keys, you pay $2.50 for your lobster stamp every year. You don't have to worry about that because, oh, by the way, when you're a kid, it compounds to when you're an adult and those fishing licenses will get more expensive. 17 years old, not that bad. Full grown adult, almost double the price. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. 
Um, so I actually pulled something up on my phone, right? Like I said, it's an addiction now. It's become to the... <laughs> I don't know how to put this. Every fish I've caught in the last 10 days, I take a picture of it. And I've been sending them to my two friends back home and my dad. And the one just had a pretty big move in his life. He moved from Florida up to North Georgia. And he was so stuck in his way in Florida. And I don't mean that a bad way. I'm just like, he was a creature of habit. He always went fishing every day, either saltwater or freshwater. He always had his job and his kids. So he's a busy guy. Well, he just made this massive move with his family up to North Georgia to be closer to a more immediate family. And he actually sent me a picture today and said, hey, all those bass photos you've been sending me got me to go fishing today with my kids because I want to make sure I still have it. I'm like, bro, it's only been like a month. <laughs> you know, you don't, you're fine. And he sent me a picture of this bass right here. So it's him and his kids. Little, nice little bass. Yeah, little guy. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Well, what were you using? You know what he said? Worm. Live worm. Yeah, live worm. And I got to thinking, I've caught a lot of bass in my life. I don't know if I ever hooked one on a live worm. I have. Yeah, I've I've, I've done it a few times. Um, it's again rare. I mean, when you when you think about the grand scheme of times, I've just fished with live worms. I, I mean, like I said, I've maybe one or two times. So are you just hooking it once, like a, almost like a drop shot? Or are you just hooking the worm one time through like the no. the the end? Or are you folding it over like a no, ribbon I, I mean, on the hook? It, it depends on the size of the worm so usually when i'm just bluegill fishing i'll cut the thing in half hook it twice yeah. toss it in yeah um but yeah i mean i i, I mean if but if i'm using like the whole worm i'll hook it two to three times i'll hook it like three times yeah so, but i mean usually with a full-size night crawler that's still plenty where like you still have the ends still wiggling around and everything they're still so then are you hooking it like a, a wacky worm <laughs> no <laughs> No, um, I bet you I mean, could though. I mean, you could. I bet you could, right? Just throw it out and let the ends flutter around. Or, like I said, in my mind, I was thinking of like a drop shot setup. Just hook it once through the head and let the body naturally just flow. I don't. I've never. I've never tried to target bass with live. I I didn't target. I wasn't targeting bass with the worm. That's fair. That's fair. I it was it was by complete accident. I was in. Cub Scouts. I was a, I don't remember what I was in elementary school or whatever. And they had a fishing tournament. And I remember I was like, I got to go do this, mom. I got to go do it. So sure enough, it was a Saturday. We run to where it was set up. And long story short, I won the tournament. And I did it because I got nothing but bluegill after bluegill. So it was a tournament of fish by weight. So whoever had the most in weight at the end of the three hours won. So I just sat there with live worms and just slayed. Right. So I ended up winning. The guy who got second place caught a bass, and he was the only other—he was the only person who caught a bass. And I remember talking to like, "Well, you got a bass? How?" And it was all off of a dock. And he said that he was reeling in the live worm, and just as it hit surface, to him pull it up on the dock, a bass shot out from under the dock and grabbed it. And it wasn't big at all, if I remember correctly. It wasn't even like a pound. But I remember just like looking at him, like, "You caught a bass on a live worm? I've never heard of that." But I was in elementary school and new into bass fishing. But my biggest memory of that event is these alligators kept coming up to the dock. And as soon as you bring the fish up to the surface, they're getting food. So these two alligators just sat there on the edge of the dock and they got ballsy enough to, at the end, when you'd unhook the bluegill and throw it in, they would attack them and eat them. And then by the end of it, they wouldn't even let you unhook them. As soon as you brought that bluegill up to the surface, they were just snapping at the bluegill when it was on the end of your line, trying to bring it up onto the dock. That's crazy. I remember, uh, you know, living in Florida, you 
definitely encounter gators if you're fishing uh, any sort of freshwater. Um, <laughs> we're fishing uh, topwater. We're using frogs. A little, I don't know, three, four foot gator uh, comes over to the boat, see what we're doing. Freaking grandpa and his friend hanging the frog over his mat, over the, over his head yep. and doing the thing, just lifting it up when he jumps up to try and grab it. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know, I was sixth, seventh grade. And like, the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, if that thing gets a hold of that frog, you're going to. It's hooked. Yeah. That's going to be an issue. Yeah. I'm not incriminating myself on this, but one of my last fishing adventures before leaving Florida, a friend bought a John boat. He was so proud of it. He fixed it all up. He did AstroTurf instead of carpet. I always thought that was kind of funny. That's pretty interesting. It was very interesting. I bet it, yeah, I bet it's not too bad, though. And I was Florida barefoot. So I remember standing mm. on his John boat and just feeling that. I have a question. Did he have the rubberized pallets on it? No. Not mm, that must I can be remember. just for cleats. Yeah. Hmm. But so anyway, uh, we were out at these. Uh, I guess they're old phosphate pits. So a lot of people don't understand this. Phosphate companies used to come through Central Florida and they actually just mine the for phosphate. They mine the ground, they tear it apart. And when they're done, they have a giant pit. So what they do is they flood them, fill them with water, and they become a natural lake. So you have a lot of phosphate pits around Florida. And over time, they're just great for fishing. They're deep. They're usually pretty small, but they're deep. So they produce pretty big fish because they can go down deep and just hang out. But we were on these old phosphate pits and I remember just pulling my worm in and this little gator, when I say little, it was probably like 12 inches of big, you know, head to tail. And I remember just bringing this worm up and it grabbed it. And I was like, what the crap? Like, look at this little gator. And he's like, no, no, don't do it, man. I'm like, I can do what? It literally has my worm in its mouth and I'm reeling it in. And he's like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, cut your line. I'm like, it's a baby gator, dude. We're okay. Well, in his mind, it wasn't that he was worried about the gator or biting or anything. He was worried about a wildlife warden, you know, a game warden just sitting on the shore watching us. And I pulled a gator onto the boat. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? It literally is biting my worm. It's not hooked, but the worm is in its mouth and it's not letting go. So I just pulled this baby gator in. And I just remember him being so upset with me, like, get there off my boat. I'm not getting it taken away from me and all this. I'm like, it's okay, man. I got to get this gator off. I remember there's, I think there's a picture of me just holding this little baby gator. Like, all right, cool. Give my worm back and threw it in the water. And the whole time he's like, you know, mom's around here somewhere. I was like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, you're going to piss off mom. <laughs> but I also wonder though. I mean, obviously it happens. How big of a bass does it have to be to eat a gator? Because even a baby gator is eight inches, 10 inches, 12 inches, whatever. Right. And you got to think there's worms we use like the, uh, the old monster by Zoom. I think those are like 12-inch, 11-inch worms. Mm-hmm. Well, they catch fish. Yeah. So this morning, I was in my kayak early in the morning, waiting for the sun to come up, and a mother duck jumped off this log and was swimming through the lily pads. And then all of her little ducklings behind her, like seven of them, whatever, jumped off and was swimming behind her. And I remember sitting there just thinking, I hope I can watch a bass grab one of those right now. I want to see that. I've seen videos of it, and back to your gator point, um, I've never seen a video of that, but I would find it very hard to believe that some point in the history of alligators and largemouth bass existing in one location that there hasn't been a... Oh, no, it for sure happens. It's happened. I'm sure nobody's seen it happen, but... I'm sure people have, especially Florida, Georgia, places like that. But to think like someone from here 
up north or someone yeah. from because uh, you got think there's large mouth almost in every state right yeah. to think someone from northern california or is, oklahoma aren't there isn't large mouth one of the species that's in all 50 states I want to find out about that because I believe, yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Keep talking. Like, I'll, I'll Google yeah, it. Look it up because I want to know, like, do they have largemouth in Hawaii? Mm, you know what? It might be all 50 or all 48 continental. The, the lower 48? Yeah, it might be just the continental United States. And you got to think, yeah, would they have them in Alaska? Like, would they survive that cold? Mm-hmm. But if they have them in Michigan, but you got to think Alaska is so much more further north. But anyway. The difference between those two. So, you, yes, obviously, like, look at the bass on TV right now. That thing, that just took a six eight inch fluke no problem that's eating a baby gator for sure yeah absolutely but i was like sitting in my kayak i was like man there's like a slight you know mist or fog in the air right now clouds are rolling in sun was peeking through mama duck jumped off the log baby ducks followed big group of lily pads right there uh the boat ramp please i want to watch this happen right now come on so, quick little Google search. Apparently, they have caught them in Alaska. It's not native. It was a big deal. Um, yeah, I'm sure. It was a big deal when it was caught. I, don't, I didn't see what data was posted, but um, I would... I would. I don't see why they wouldn't be in Hawaii. They probably introduced over there somehow. I don't know. Humans are awful. So, if someone had a chance to take a bass with them to Hawaii, and then it got too big, and they let it go, there's now bass there. Because mm-hmm. that's what happened in Florida with... Snakeheads. Everything. Oh, snakes. Oh, look at snakes, our python yeah. problems. Pythons, yeah, Burmese pythons. Snakeheads. Uh, we have crocodiles in the keys now. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how did that get there? Well, someone had a pet crocodile and let it go. Crazy. So yeah. I, I'm. I could bet on that. I would say, yeah, definitely. There's probably a large amount in Hawaii or something. Um. Interesting. We bring up the invasive thing, um, because snakeheads have been. A big thing now, especially in our area. Um, well, not necessarily in our area, but like in the lower part of the state, um, is the northern snakehead. And I follow a couple pages uh, that are dedicated to it because I want to like one. I like seeing people catch them, um, and I also want to learn how to catch them because I would love to go down there and go get one. Um. Anyway, the reason I brought it up is I see a lot of people try and advocate for releasing these when the Department of Natural Resources wants you to kill them on site. It's actually illegal to transport a live snakehead. Yeah, you literally cut its throat and throw it on the bank. You're supposed to kill it. Well, or you can eat it. I've never eaten one. I've heard heard they taste amazing. Jade caught one. He hasn't eaten it yet, though. He he, he flayed it. Someone told me the other day that you get paid to catch them. In Maryland. Maryland's yeah. paying people to catch them now, yes? That's what he says. He's like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I don't know, hanging out with the family. Probably go fishing in the morning. He's like, let's go get paid to catch some snakeheads. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Goes, yeah, we'll go to Maryland. You get paid for it. Absolutely, it happens. Or, I mean, it's a thing now. I remember that that's relatively new within the past couple months. Um, but what a great way to promote getting rid of an invasive species. Yeah. Now, I don't think you're ever... I, it's going to be next to impossible to completely get rid of the species unless... No, no, no yeah. It's, you're maintaining at this point. Yeah. Or preventing... Um, but it, w- it was very annoying to see, like, oh, let them go, let them grow, that kind of thing. I'm, 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 it's a fucking invasive species that can destroy a habitat where, no, don't let them go. They're aggressive. They populate fairly quickly, from my understanding. Yeah. They'll decimate a waterway. 
absolutely can. So because, and, why I mean, would you not? In the because there's only the only thing that's ever gonna going to go after them, or the I'm sorry, the only time they're ever going to be like prey is when they're babies. If they survive to if they survive being babies, nothing's coming after them except for us. And that's what I was wondering. I don't know much Maybe about Maybe some them. birds. So I don't know, like, uh, exactly. That's what I was getting at with this. I don't know. Are they under rocks and ledges, or are they, uh, I don't know, right? I don't know. So maybe when they are young or even older, it, would that osprey flying by see them and think they're a food source? Um, definitely. So I, from what I've read, they're in some thicker cover. They um, like real thick weeds they like um a lot of the same places bass like um like grassy beds they hide under the lily pads um basically if you think wow that's a really thick spot i don't think i don't think there'd be a snake out there that's where they're at um they they, they they're ambush predators they are super aggressive but i mean just like just like bass are they ambush their prey um as far as catching them goes, I, from what I've read, they like top water. Um, they like fast moving things. Like I said, you know, aggressive. So they like those fast moving, uh, items and things like that. When you talk about being aggressive, I took Bailey the other day and we went to a fish store because we are building a tank currently that we think would be fun just to have some fish in the house. And have you ever heard of a arowana? Arapaima? Arowana. I believe it's called an arowana. Okay. They kind of look like a tarpon with the head, but then they have like a ribbon for a body, and then they have like a bunch of almost looks like feathers off the like near the dorsal fin, where it should be a dorsal fin. They're the they're very looking, very weird looking, but they're super aggressive. How do you yeah. spell that? I'm sure you know because arapaima. I know what you're talking about. Arowana. Okay, let me see it. A R O W A N A. Let me see. It. You got it. Let me make sure I spelled that right. A R O W A N A. Yeah. So this thing right here. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I've seen those. They get huge. Yeah, they do. I've heard stories of them getting so aggressive that they'll actually like hit the glass on a thin tank and crack the glass and stuff. They get massive, but same thing. They're very slow, methodic ambush predators. So you non-threatening, and all of a sudden. They get beside their prey and just suck them in. Crazy. So the reason I brought them up is because we saw them. And I was like, I forgot about those fish. Hmm. Pretty cool. The other fish, actually, I brought this up the other day is, have you ever been gar fishing? I have attempted to go after a gar at like two or three times, but never any luck. We would never like let's go gar fishing, but we've been out several times and we used to see them. Like, hey, how can we get one of those? And I know people actually like at night will shine them and go bow fishing or spear fishing, and that's how they take them. Right. But how we used to do it is we would take a section, however long you want it, eight, 12 inch long piece of natural rope, and we would run our fishing line through the middle of it. And then on the far end, we'll call that the, the, the head we would whip it so that way it wouldn't fray. So then we would tie a treble hook through the back of it and would fray it. So it made like a skirt and then we put a weight at the front. So it made an arcing movement when it went through the water 
and you just reel real fast and get beside them and you'd see them floating you pull up and they would attack it and when they hit their teeth would get caught up in the natural rope as well as if you could hook them and that's how we've caught them before yeah i've seen that method used a few times on a, a couple of different things actually i think i saw uh who was it? jeremy wade from river monsters he used that to catch an eel um i've seen i've actually seen that recently online people trying to catch gar like that or um also what they're called needlefish down in the keys yep yeah they try yeah. and catch those same concept um same with barracuda that's what yeah. we do is take garden hose and we would paint it like bright orange or bright yellow and we'd same thing put a weight on the head and then just put a big ass hook on the the tail and then you pull that bright color through the water as fast as you can especially if it's a good like weed line or something you know it's holding barracuda and you just as fast as you can that bright color and have it swimming through the water that'd be that's something i'd really like to catch one day the barracuda um super fast fish super aggressive super powerful fish i'm sure i would love to fight one they're awesome and they're everywhere but what's upsetting is like i don't know you can't eat them for sure the people mm-hmm. they're they're poisonous uh, the meat is tainted mm-hmm. i forget when they're past like three foot they have this like toxin in them and it's poisonous for you to consume the meat hmm. but they're fun they're everywhere in the keys mm-hmm. you can catch them anywhere from you know a foot to have you seen the one on my wall at work yes I mean, that thing's five and a half foot. Yeah, that's a big, big, that's a big fish. Yeah, my dad free gaffed that up beside the boat. No. You have never told you this? No. Okay, so backstory. My dad was a deep sea captain for like 37 years, I think, in all. So right. when he came back from Vietnam, he goes back to home Daytona Beach and starts fishing. So he did commercial, charter, he did everything. Well, he had a boat out one day and they were pulling up these snappers. Um, they kept getting what we call taxed. They're getting cut in half. So every time you pull one up, tax man, tax, the tax man gets them right. So usually it's a gray man or the man in the gray suit. But this time yeah. he was like, "What is going on?" And he realized that as he's pulling up these snapper, that about more than halfway up, they're just getting hit. So he's like, "Well, there's something there. Let's see what it is." So he's up on tower and he looks down and he sees it out underneath the weed line out there. And he told the mate, "Same thing. Get to the front of the boat. Let's get this thing." So the mate pulls out one of the plugs and starts running it through the water as fast as he can and gets it to come up beside the boat. My dad runs off a tower, gets down on the deck, and literally stands back off the deck a little bit, and they get this thing right beside the boat. I mean, you see, it's a five-and-a-half-foot barracuda. And my dad That's a big, yeah. a massive cuda. And he goes ahead and free gaps it, hooks it, and throws it on the deck and told everyone get in the cabin. And they all stepped back. My dad just stood up in the, the fighting chair there on the back and just watched as this thing flopped around the deck for a while. Like That's a five and a half foot cuda. And he free gaffed it. Crazy. I've seen some big fish caught um, when I've gone on like uh, deep sea trips. I've only done, I've only, got, I've only gotten to do a handful of deep sea trips, like maybe two. Um, but both times I've seen somebody pulled up this massive amberjack. And the other one was a gigantic barracuda. Yeah. I didn't, get, I, didn't, I didn't get to see him fight it. He, um, I, I, it wasn't until after, like when we were at the dock, I saw him pull it out, unfortunately. So I didn't get to see it happen either time. But yeah. Any fish that looks like a bullet is a fun fish to fight, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. So Amberjack, same thing. They're yeah. literally a bullet. So you just hold on. And they sit there and they pump too. So when I remember I was young, out fishing with my dad. And he goes, all right, here we go. That's a good one. That's a good one to pull. And he sets the hook and gives it to me. And I'm young, like I said, I'm probably like 10 or 11 holding on to this deep sea rod over the side of the boat and this freaking amberjack just pumping, boom, 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 rods under my arm. 
And I remember, like, my arm hurts. He's like, shut up. Just keep reeling. <laughs> Get this fish on deck. Then you can complain. Um, the, the Do you watch Yellowstone? I do. Do you? Did I you just see, started. Did you see? Oh, okay. So you haven't seen the spinoff series yet, 1883? No, I'm only through, like, season two. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything. But don't. there is. No, I don't worry. I won't. It, by the way, fucking welcome to, yeah. to, to the. Uh, the wonderful show that is Yellowstone, 1883, also fantastic. Um, but anyway, there's a point. There's a there was a spot in 1883 where he's teaching his son how to sh- basically hunt deer, and uh, um, he's lining up a shot, and the boy says, "Well, isn't it going to hurt?" And he said, "It's going to hurt, but in a month from now, you won't remember the pain. You'll remember the kill." Back, and I was like, "That is." Oh, that is great advice. That's that's words of wisdom. I remember I used to not be gun shy, but like I would jump every time. And I, I remember we were doing drills one day, and same thing. Like it's not even that I'm worried about like the recoil or anything. It's just it's as a kid. I remember my dad handed me a thirty out six once. It was like, go ahead, get on target, and squeeze trigger, and I did it. Boom! And I just remember, oh my arm, shut up, load another round, shoot again. And now we we're doing drills one day. We're doing drills one day, and same thing. My uh, my boss at the time was loading just random rounds into your magazine. And he goes, all right. And he stood beside me. He goes, all right, go ahead. Go through the, the motion. And as I start to squeeze, 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 I jump it, and it just dry fires, click. He goes, you look like a fool right now. Like, I feel like a fool. And that's how you learn real quick. Like, man, yeah, you get so jumpy. Uh, I used to be terrified of the recoil. Um, I mean, it, I got out of it eventually. But um, especially now that I'm shooting like 12 gauge slugs for deer hunting. So you get used to that. By the way, target practice for that is short. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not something you spend all day nope. doing. Nope. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, about after about five, you're like, all right, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm dialed in. I just want to show you this picture real quick. So this is one of the last times I actually like went home and went fishing back in Florida with some friends. And same thing. We were just fishing on this reef and we kept getting taxed and we pulled up that cooter right there. Yeah. Fun. They're pretty too, nice and silver. I like that color. You look at their teeth too, the jawline oh, yeah. on them. You know, that's interesting though. I, I want to bring up something that. Hey, um, sorry, this is super, super, super random. But before uh, she gets comfortable, go to the fridge and get the green. Uh, yeah. Have you seen these? I don't even know. You didn't the old describe Walmart. it for me. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> we were at the old Walmart today walking around, and I'm getting them ready to go fishing probably like on Monday or something. We'll go out and just catch some bluegill. And I saw this. I'm like, what? Is this real? No, no, no. The green one. And I started looking through this. I was like, what? Is this real? And then I opened them up, and I've never seen this. Here, you go ahead and open them up. This is green worms. Green worms. Oh, I've heard of these. Yeah, I've heard, I've seen them and heard of them. They're just dyed worms. They they just die. Are they really? They just die them. I mean, well, that I makes think, sense. I think, so I think so. It's either they die them or they die their food. So kind of like a flamingo, right? Yeah, kind of. So and then it just turns them that color. Can you put it back now? Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I I've definitely yeah I've heard of those. Yeah, I saw them. I was like, what? So I'm wondering. I'm gonna give it a shot. Like on one, do a standard mm-hmm. nightcrawler, and on another, do that. Like, what gets the bite? What gets the different type of fish? So yeah. I'm interested. So I want to try it. I'll play that game with you. We'll, we'll take we'll take we'll take a pack of nightcrawlers. We'll yep. take a, a pack of the green worms. 
one has green worms, one has night crawlers, no competition, no nothing, just scientific Throw experiment. Out. Let's just see yeah. what works better. I'm, I'm completely down. Let's do that. That's fun. Let's find out uh, maybe Monday or something or Sunday evening. Okay. We'll figure it out. But I'm um, definitely like, let's do the exact same setup. You know, bobber or not, yeah. on the bottom or not, we'll figure it out. And then just see like which one gets the bite first or yeah. which one are they track. Because I saw them, I was like, that's weird. I've never seen these. Yeah. They got Speaking me for six dollars. Yeah. Speaking of competition, I, feel I like don't we, even want to know. I, nope, I feel, nope, like, I feel nope. like this needs to get brought up. So Derek and I have been, um, you know, for the listeners, uh, Derek and I have been bass fishing. I think what four times this year, and we've started keeping. You know, we, we turned it into a little bit of a competition between the two of us, and basically, whoever catches the most fish gets the point for the trip. Well, I mean, right now it's it's three one. Me. Let's start so from I, the very beginning on this. Well, okay. So when you planted the seed, I'm like, hey, you got to go fishing with me. And it had been years since I've gone. So I was like, all right, freaking A. Yeah, I'll, let's go. Let's do this. And then I was worried that that's exactly what you're going to do is reignite a spark that I've had for a long time. I just, that fire was snuffed out many of years ago. So when I went out with you on your boat for the first one, I remember showing up and I was like, I'm going to troll you. I think we talked about this last time we talked. I, you you told me about this on the boat that day. Yeah, I said I was going to troll you, so I I showed up with, you know, one one rod, you know, my tackle box. And I wanted to I want to do everything wrong, but I knew I'd probably still catch a fish. So I wanted to be like, I want to hold my spinning reel, if this is even possible, but backwards, you know, where it's oh, facing you. And people do it. Oh, fact. So uh, I wanted to. As he looks at his daughter, <laughs> I wanted to troll you, and I wanted to be like, oh, I want to see what this guy thinks, you know. And then I showed up, and I was like, no, it was game time. So as soon as I caught that first one, I, we did. I think we definitely talked about this on the last one. But I remember just looking at you and being like, hey, are we being serious, or what are we doing? We just want to have fun. And you're like, no, I'm definitely serious. So I was like, all right, here we go. And then it wasn't until I caught like number two where I, I looked at you, and I was like, huh, that's two to one now. And then uh, from there, it just turned into what it was. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember leaving, and I was like, technically, I think I won. Because I had caught three bass, you caught two, but you had caught three fish because you had caught a pickerel. Yeah. So I was like, I guess technically I won today. Yeah, that was your one. And then <laughs> you, uh, the next weekend, said, hey, we're going again. So we go out, and if I remember correctly. You got skunked. I got skunked. That was embarrassing. I yeah, stuck to my one skunk. tactic the whole time. I didn't switch yeah. it up at all. The same color, everything. So a little bit more backstory on that. Um he rolls up and I'd never seen, I'd never really seen anybody fish with salamanders or lizards before. And he's fishing, he's fishing with these. Okay. Works for him, whatever. Fine. And he, in first day one, he's crushing them. I'm like, damn. Lizard King strikes again. I might have to go get some of these. <laughs> yeah. day, well, day two, he goes and gets skunked. I'm like, oh, well, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> so, not. I don't know. So then it's the old, uh, one-to-one, one, the one-to-one, and you're with the wacky worm, yeah, the setup, and I was like, what is this? I've seen it a few times, and I even told you, I remember the first time I saw my friend Shane do it, he's a good fisherman. I mean, he's one of the first people I know that got double digits when we're all in, like, maybe maybe high school this time, maybe mm -hmm. middle, and he'd landed a 10-pounder on the scale, too, by the way, not just doing with a, ooh, look. So anyway, uh, he came down to the, the pond once, and he had a wacky worm. And I look over, I'm like, man, doesn't Shane know how to fish? What, what is this? And then I was like, oh, yeah. So I see you fishing the wacky worm. And I was like, man, I forgot about the wacky worm. Because after all, it's been several years since I fished. And then you were just, didn't matter where you dropped it. You were getting bites, you know. Well, within the first five minutes, 
uh, we were still right next to the boat ramp. Um, well, the, I'm sorry, that, 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 that that's day two. So that's, yeah, we'll side. get into that one. Yep. So, then, so then we go to day three, and you roll up. And so to, to wrap it up real quick, yeah, I was completely skunked, and I believe you caught three bass that day. I fought, I caught four. Four. I and then, four that day. And it was all on the same, dropping up all beside the lily pad. Exact same thing. Next, yeah, it was all next to a lily pad, on basically on the initial drop with the wacky worm. They were just they hit it immediately. They were they were they were eating it up. So, one to one. Uh, yeah, one to one. As day three, day three rolls around, and you make the claim. Let's go back to the same lake. And I'm that like, was you actually, know what? that was actually you. I think. Well, so like I, I cause yeah. we were trying to figure it out, and you're like, I want to give that like another try. Can't leave skunk, right? Right. So we go back, and you roll up, and immediately talking strategy. You're like, okay, it was a full moon. It's been really hot. Uh, they're going to be in the middle of the lake, in the deeper yeah. part. So I'm like, well, I mean, it's a small lake. It's not that deep, but okay, we'll go for it. And then you freaking toss out right there in the middle. I mean, right, right by the boat ramp. Next to the boat ramp. What I had just kicked us off of the freaking boat ramp, and we're just drifting out, and you just tossed out, and then you're like, hey, 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 and then your line goes tight. And you pulled, and you even you made the claim that's a good one. And I'm watching, I'm like what? And it saw it break surface. I'm like that is a good one. And I remember I was like, just stop what I'm doing, grab the net. This is a good bass. And then so <laughs> and I'm sitting there the entire time screaming, grab the net, grab the net, grab the net. Yeah. Because, like because I know because I know I've, I see this fish. I know this is the biggest fish I've ever had on my. I've, I've this is this is potential big you know personal best for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there. Grab the net, Grab the net, grab the net, hurry up. <laughs> and you're like, you're you're, like, calm down, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're good, you're good. Just keep the line tight, I got it. And so net it, bring it in. And the look of excitement on your face, I measured out, was it 20 inch, 21, 20 19 inches? 19 and a half, it was just half, uh, of, oh, yeah, it was that's right, half yeah. inch shy from getting the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I remember I'm like, hold that up, let's get a picture. And you hold it up and a truck was driving by. And I was like, yeah, dude, show that fish off to that truck. And that guy was leaning out his window. And I was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. And you like put it back down. I was like, don't show them because if you could see the size of that fish from the road, you know that's a good fish. And we were pretty close to that road. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, no, don't show them, man. Don't show them. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy drove by and you're like holding the fish up. So that was number one on the day. And I was like, Jesus, here we go. Well, then, so, and then, it, and then we started off and it was not looking good for you because I go and I catch three straight more and you're still at zero. So Two, I, I you had caught two more. It was three zero. Was it three zero? Yeah, because because well, I ended up catching five that day, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yes. But we caught like one at the same time off that the one lily pad, uh, which I'll get into in a right. second. You're right. So it was like three zero. So anyway, uh, I ended up switching up strategy. We go over to the shade. Remember the the sun was coming up, so the the shade was receding, mm-hmm. and we were in that like open corner, the far corner. And I remember I was like, drag your bait along the shadow line, and every time we did that, we were getting bites. And finally, mm-hmm. I caught one. And if you remember, I'm completely dry. Not even a fish in the boat. And I woke up, I'm like, look at that bald eagle. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And I was just flying around. I look at you, I'm like, you know what that means? I'm going to catch a fish. And you're like, oh, that's what that means. I'm like, it does. And sure enough, I cast out. And I'm like, next, oh, nest, bro, bro. next cast. Pulls next cast. In. I catch a freaking fish. And I was like, yeah, bro. Derek's spirit animal. <laughs> that my spirit animal here. I got a fish on. Life's good. So anyway, uh, I kept with that same strategy, uh, throwing out the, uh, I switched to Wacky Worm at that point, and then I made a random switch and went back to the Lizard, and we were in that little, like, channel, we remember when the wind blew us up into the, the lily pads there, Yep. and I caught one there, so at this point, it's, uh, 
Uh, Eventually, we get to four to four, and it's and it's we're really close to having to leave. So, how you got your fourth one though, and this comes into today, is we went over to that. Um, I guess you can call it like a seawall there where the house is, where it has the two blotches of lily pads, where it's cleared out in front of their seawall. Yeah, and remember, I threw up on that very point of lily pads, and yes. I had the bass on, and I didn't get it, and I freaking yanked it out, and then you threw out and caught that bass there. Uh-huh. And that comes into play because that's exactly where I got my bass today is off of that lily pad. Oh, okay. It's the same one that sits there. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, it's 4-4. And I, we're like, hey, man, we're getting close. I got to go. My, you know, my wife's got to go to work. And so I even made the claim as soon as I cast it out. I'm like, that's going to catch a fish. And, and it was immediately, I was like, wait, wait, not, not me. I, I, that's a bad call. And you cast it out as soon as you did. So, and a little bit more of a backstory on that, because at this point, he he had been on like a three fish streak of saying that's going to catch a fish and then catching a fish immediately. So I was like, so he goes, he ca- he casts out and he goes, that's going to catch a fish. I'm like, all right, fucker, I'm going to come back out. I'm going to cast right next oh, yeah. to you. And like, we'll see and who's catching this fish. And you did. You cast right there. And I was like, as soon as you did, I was like, wait, that's a bad call. I, I'm not catching the fish. I, I, I take that call back. And then you caught a fish. And then, and like, and then like right after he said that, it hits my line, pull it in. I'm like, all right, well, there's five. I win. Let's go. And even more to hit on this fifth fish for a moment. You put it in. I'm all freaking butthurt. And I look at it and you're like, hey, look at this like birthmark that it has. And it had a perfect heart on the side. And I like look at it. And I was like, well, you're like, yeah, look at the heart. And I look, that's freaking nuts. And it had a yeah. birthmark. It had a like a distinctive brown heart on the side. Yeah, it was really cool. And I remember, like, that's a good time to leave. Yep. And then as we were leaving, we were like, look how many kayakers are out here. Remember, there's like four kayakers out there. We we're trying to be nice. Like, how's it going? Catch anything? And they wouldn't even talk to us. Well, the one guy is like, yeah, you know, caught one. And, like, and, and then, like, yeah, everybody else is being an asshole. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. We caught like nine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're leaving at like 845 with nine. But, uh, so well, let's, be, let's be a little bit more honest. You said you wanted to be at the ramp at 9.30. It was very close to 9.40. Yeah, because <laughs> literally I was like, I got to go, man. We I got to go. <laughs> well, it, let's also clarify this. You kept saying, I got to go, and then you kept saying, ah, one more cast. <laughs> well, it's the old, uh, the old meme of one does not simply leave on last cast. It's never last cast. So no, we ended up officially. leaving. So at that point, it's now two to one for the scoring, and then that's what ignited that spark in me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I found this old kayak. I didn't know it at the time. I go out super early. Uh, or I'm sorry, no. The very first time I took it out was to the nastiest retention pond around here. It's something I've seen a few people fish at. I was right near it for uh, my daughter had a, an event going on there, and I had the kayak in the back. And I was like, I'm going to go out here. So I launched the kayak. I'm in the nastiest freaking retention pond. It's literally where all the water, the runoff of Dover goes to. And I didn't know it at the time. So I launched a kayak. I start paddling out. I'm like, man, this really stinks. Then I look and there's water between my legs. I'm like, oh, I guess I did splash a little bit when I got into it. I'm not thinking much about it. And when I was launching it, I look and I could see some bass swimming. I was like, all right, there's some fish here. So I throw up underneath this tree and I start working a uh, bubble gum freaking wacky worm rig and i'm like i just want to throw a bright color it's super bright out today it was one of the hottest days we had had not a cloud in the sky i was like i just want to get some like crazy color and movement going see if i get a bite and i ended up catching three small ones that day right it was right after the first one i looked down and i'm like that's a lot of water we'll come to find out the kayak has a hole in it 
and it's a hole in the tail where whoever had the kayak before me would drag it. So it's created a hole in the back where you can't tell, but it's cracked the plastic and water's just flooding into this kayak. At this point, I looked down like there's like almost four inches of water in this kayak. I'm probably like 600 meters away from anywhere I can get out of this retention pond because it's covered in trees and brush. And I'm like, I got to start getting back. So as I start paddling back, it's just taking on more water and more water. So I go home. I do the most Florida thing possible. I just put duct tape on it. <laughs> dumped the water out, put duct tape on it, and said, all right, I'm going out tomorrow morning. Yeah, but did it work? <laughs> oh, for sure. If it looks stupid but works, it's not stupid. And I only did that because I was waiting to get like some kind of glue or something, maybe epoxy. But since then, I've gone out every single morning. So I ended up, sure enough, you know, just like, let me try some new lakes. Let me try some new tactics. Let me see what works. But since then, how hot has it been here? Oh, it's been ridiculously hot. It's been, I mean, comparatively for us, it's been ridiculously hot. It's been high 80s, low 90s. It was 95 uh, two days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit. Was that Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. I go fishing Thursday morning and I end up pulling four in, you know, and and I found like some more fish stories. But what I was doing is the thickest, heaviest overhang. And in this case, it was all a bunch of old trees that had died and fallen in the water. And I would throw it as far up to the shoreline as possible, try to get it under the trunk of that tree. And that's how I was catching all of them. And I ended up catching, I think, yeah, like I said, four that morning. And it's just one of those things. It's like, it's so hot. They're either shallow or deep. There's no freaking lake around here. It's deep at all. I mean, that lake is seven foot, I think you said, in the middle. That's not deep. So I'm like, yeah, I would go after the, the ones hiding up in the shade. And I ended up switching. I was throwing out uh, flukes. Just freelining them no weights no weight on the hook nothing just freeline it let naturally sink and i was doing this bright like pearl color just throwing it up under and just slamming like hell yeah that's awesome so just sucks because it's been so hot here yeah speaking of which you decided to venture out to the beach yeah so um like i like i stated earlier i i don't exclusively exclusively fish for one thing I like to spread the wealth, you know, as if that's a good, I don't know if that's a good phrase for that, but I like to, you know, I like to move around and do different things. Um, and one of my favorites is to, uh, you know, just fish in the ocean. Um, and, uh, oh, one week ago we had some friends visit and they're about to head to Nebraska, uh, in like, like midway through July. So, and I mean, they're not huge into fishing. They like to fit. They like to go fishing with me because it's just something we do. And whenever they come visit and, you know, we catch fish and I decided I'm going to go take them out in the ocean because that's not something they're going to be able to do um, once they get to Nebraska. So give them one last little piece of the area. And we started r- r- freaking smashing sharks. Um, you know, weren't targeting them or anything, um, but um, found a honey hole for them and lay into them. So, um, today we, uh, Megan's like, Hey, I want to go, I, I want to go fishing again. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to go to the beach again. I want to go to the, I want, you know, let's take the boat out into the bay again and to go where we were, where we were last time. And I was like, okay, that was fun. So we went, we went to the same spot and we just, again, started laying into sharks, I think. And we weren't out there long. We were out there maybe an hour and a half, two hours and caught eight sharks. And it was, it was nonstop. It was 
very fast paced. And it was, it was, it was wild too, because so where we're sitting, um, we're, we're not in the Bay anymore. We, we, we traveled through the Bay and we went back into this canal slash river system. Eventually, you know, when you're, when you are going with us one and you go over that bridge and you see that just massive swamp, you just see the swamp off to the left in it. We were, we, yeah, it, it yeah. eventually leads over there, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the canal that I'm talking about. I live on it. That's yeah. that one right here. Yeah. yeah. It's right behind us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, we, it's, so you know how in the mouth but of that canal. I just want to say that's a really like, we'd rode this up one day. Let's see how far it goes. And I, it was like 40 minutes, man, from oh, yeah, the, so. the mouth up to just the house here was like 40 minutes. And we went up to like food line. It was almost like 50 minute ride. Oh yeah. It's winding. It's long. It's a fun trip. Yeah. But anyway, so you know how in the mouth, how it, um, once you get into the inlet, you go to the right, and there's that like sandbar that sticks up, and then it kind of goes back and whatever. But there's that sandbar that pokes out, and it kind of creates like a little pool there on the right. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. And we're just freaking smacking, smacking sharks. And again, it's one of my favorite things because they're so aggressive, they're so strong, and they're not massive sharks. They're uh, two feet long. What is that structure there at the? entrance the mouth of that no idea every time i ride by i'm always like i want to stop and check it out but i'm always like man it's so shallow here it's super shallow you're gonna like, you'll probably run into something yeah um but anyway while we were there we were seeing these things at in their ultra aggressive state because we were seeing them attacking these bait fish that were in the area and just splashes and bait fish flying up in the air and just bam 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 all around us and, and those were sharks doing that pretty positive they were sharks um unless unless it was striper could have been striper i don't know if they're still in this area um i can't think of anything else it really might have been it could have been bluefish i guess um but i'm but because we were catching so many sharks i'm assuming they were sharks i couldn't see it um it it just the only and another reason i was thinking it was sharks was because when we would hook into them and they would kind of do like how they splash on the on top of the water when you're fighting them they were kind of splashing in a similar way when they were when some whenever something whenever whatever it was was attacking these bait fish it was splashing in a similar way because you know how different fish when they breach the water or when they attack that you know the water reacts differently or they do it differently because of whatever so that's what i'm thinking um but anyway i had a fantastic time um i had my first experience with a game warden when we got to the when we got to the boat ramp go on yeah so uh get back to the ramp at bowers and um it was it was funny because we're pulling into the inlet and we pull up to the boat ramp and i see this blacked out dodge ram sitting right next to there kind of parked in a weird spot i'm like huh, that's a weird place to be parked i didn't even think about it that's a weird place for somebody to be parked was it right beside the ramp yeah yeah right there like that gravel area yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right next to the Coast Guard Auxiliary. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a really weird place for somebody to just be chilling. Out. I'm like, oh, whatever. I, I didn't honestly thought nothing of it. Pull up to the ramp. Um, you know, I'm looking down, and then I look up, and I see green jeans walking up. I'm like, oh, well, that's explains a little bit. <laughs> and it, but so he walks up. You know, he was super nice. Um, and Officer Rourke was his name. Uh, walks up, like, hey, what's going on? I talked to me real quick. Um. Asked how asked how we how the fishing was. Any keepers? They right, always cool. ask that. Yeah, yeah. How was it? You catch anything today? Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, caught some sharks. You know, told him told him what we were doing. Um, he's like, all right, well, you know, see the life vest. Let me see your registration. Let me see your license. All that. And uh, he's like, all right, cool. Looking good. Have a good day. 
And can, uh, let's go ahead. Can you confirm that how we are currently operating is the right way? Yes. What do you mean? So all you have to have is our fin number. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna get to that. So <laughs> so and he's like, all right. And he didn't even. I mean, he asked about our fishing licenses. He's like, because once he saw I had, I mean, I had everything. It was very clear to see that I, I, I'm complying with all the rules and regulations just by looking into the boat. And he's like, all right, cool. I see you have those. And then I opened up the dry box to get my wallet and my phone. And he saw all the emergency equipment I have in there. And then, you know, pulled out the registration, he handed them. And he goes, okay. And are you guys' fishing licenses good? And I said, and, and that's what I said. I said, yeah, they're, he just asked, but I like I offered this information up. I said, "Yeah, actually, we're military, so we just have the ID and fin number." And he said, "Okay, cool, good to go." So Damn. if he was going to give me a ticket, that would have been the time. That was the guy to do it. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, if, yeah. if, if somebody was do, if somebody was going to be like, uh, "Hold on, what?" <laughs> like that would have been the time. But I got that information from another game warden. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I I knew I was fine. And that's how you told me when I went fishing the very first time. If you remember, I just wanted to be with you and your wife just hanging out there on the water. I didn't even fish that day. I just showed up. Yeah. And you're talking me through it. And I was like, really? That's all it is? And so you told me that story about the, the game warden told you that that's all you needed. So same thing. I started reaching out. I was like, let me make sure this is accurate. So I called Dix. And they're like, no, that's all you need. Military. You just your ID and a register and you get your FIN number. And then I, one of the guys I work with said the same thing. Yeah, that's all you need. So, like, man, I hope this is accurate. So, if that guy was going to give you a ticket, Absolutely. that would have been the guy to give you a ticket. Absolutely would have. But, yeah, like I said, super nice guy. Um, I think Jade needs to take notes um, because it seems like every time he encounters one, he gets a ticket for some weird thing. We learn a new we learn a new law. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, like, this past, uh, like this past duck hunting season, um, they uh, were bringing a they, – they, he brought a kayak onto the John boat to uh, just – like go fetch dead ducks because we don't have a dog or anything and trying to put the bring the john boat back into the water off the bank is a little bit of a hassle so just using the kayaks easier yep. and then he didn't have he had his life vest but he didn't have a whistle attached to it so he got a ticket for that but the whole reason i have a theory about that whole thing um there was somebody that he was with that didn't have his duck stamp so i think the guy was trying to do him do him a solid by writing him a ticket for something much less, like much less expensive, yeah. rather than that. And they caught Jade instead. That's yeah. my theory. He's trying to do a solid. He's like, I got to write you something for something. If I don't find anything else, it's going to be for that. So he found something. He's like, bam, that's the ticket. Not having your duck stamp, though. I don't know how you don't have your freaking federal duck stamp. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I've only ever had one encounter that was negative on my part with a game warden. And it was, it's hard to claim ignorance on this, which 100% I was ignorant. I had no idea. Growing up in Florida, it's a year to date. So if I bought my my fishing license July 1, it's good till July 1, right? So same thing. I bought my fishing license up in Washington State and we're out trout fishing. And I had bought it in like June. And here it is, April, the following year, and we're catching trout. We had a great day. We're four of us on the boat. We're just slaying these trout. It's fiscal year, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Well, not even. It's uh, Game Warren pulled us over, talked us up. He ended up talking to us like 40 minutes. Oh, my son was a a PJ. He went through, you know, survival school and blah, 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 and all this. And, yeah, I love this job. And, all right, I'll see you guys later. And then he, like, stopped and turned around and goes, actually, 
let me just check your fishing license. So everyone's getting theirs out, and I'm like fumbling through my wallet trying to find it. And he, I'm the last one. He looks at me and goes, you got yours? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, it's still good. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I bought it in June. We're good. He's like, what do you mean June? I'm like, I bought it last June. It's only April. I'm okay. He's like, no, they all expire March 15th or March 30th, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I look at my three friends, like, look at me. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, what? And No, they're like, no, you didn't know that? I was like, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just assumed, which was terrible. And yeah. Yeah, it was like $375 fine. And he was threatening Yikes. us. Oh, stupid man. He was threatening us. You're in possession of six or seven, whatever it was, illegal trout. Um, I can take your boat. All of you can get all your gear taken. I can take your trailer. I'll take all this stuff from you. And did a 180. Went from being, oh, Kurt Wood was his name. I'll never forget that guy. My son was a PJ and, you know, and he blah, blah, and just talked us all up and then turned around and flips a switch. I could freaking take all your shit right now. And I was just like, oh, my God, man. It was like an honest mistake. And he was like, no, you're, you know, here. 300, I believe it was $375 fine because I was in possession of illegal. I can take you to court over this and all this. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Mm-hmm. It was an honest mistake. Oh, well. Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> and trust me, I've had a lot of encounters with uh, like the FWC down in Florida. I honestly, I can't believe with as much as I'm in the water or not in the water, but I mean, just yeah, water in the water, in the woods. I've only ever had this encounter. I mean, you bring up a great point. I didn't even take a life jacket out today, if I can be honest. Yeah. I didn't even take a life jacket out. And now that you say that, like, I should probably put it, like, just permanently put it in the kayak. I've got four. In the, I've got four in the boat, just because. I mean, the four is the max amount of people I ever have in the boat, and they've all got life. You know, they've all got the whistles. I, I should look up the rule. Does it have to be a life jacket, or could I wear? I have a, those inflatable, um, like fanny packs that you just pull a cord, and it's an inflatable. Certain ones are allowed. I don't. I don't know. No. You have to look it up. But like, I've, I've definitely seen videos of people getting hemmed up for having the wrong type of those. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You're supposed to have the personal flotation and throwables, and there's so much. But. It, I think you only need one throwable. Well, I mean, yeah. he didn't. I didn't get a ticket for it today, so yeah, and I only have the fair. one throwable. So, he didn't, but he didn't ask to see it because and because it was in the underneath one of the things, so he didn't even ask to see it. I want to clarify something. We started going down the road of a story just a second ago, and I think this would be a great way to wrap it up. The score is technically three to one. Yeah, we only talked to the score of two to one. So let's talk about yesterday's <laughs> great bass fishing endeavor. All right, so yeah, we had to. So we did one more or another one for the uh, the old the old comp competition, and uh, we decided we're going to try a brand new lake for for Derek. This is one he's never been to. I've been to it quite a uh, quite a few times. It's called Silver Lake here in downtown Delaware or downtown Dover. Um, and uh, and getting there was interesting. Or the, it was interesting from the very beginning. So because you get there, you call me you're like, dude, the gate's closed. I pull up. Sure enough, gate's closed. But then, like, I don't know if you noticed, like, I'm walking back to the truck. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I guess we'll go to this other lake. And then I stop. And I look well, back. I made the comment because uh, you're like, yeah, man, sorry about that. I'm like, yeah. Because, uh, or no, I said, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, sorry, man. And you're like, yeah, it's your fault. And I was like, yeah, it's my fault because I locked that gate. And, like, you stopped and you turned around and you looked. And you're like, hmm. That looks. And so I, I noticed that it was just, you know how, like, when something's locked, the gate, the, the, the chain is looped. Yeah. It's like a circle. Yeah. I looked and it was just one long stretch of chain. I was like, that's weird. Hold on. Let me go look at this thing. I go look at it and sure enough, it was just a little pin 
that was holding this gate in. It wasn't locked or anything. And we, the sign said it's open as of sunrise. We're well past sunrise. And I'm like, like 40 minutes past. Yeah. I'm like, all right, fuck this. Pull the pin open the gate. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. What are they going to do? I guess arrest us. Yeah. So we drive in, we launch, everything's good. It's probably the biggest lake for our area, our media area, if you will. Yeah. And then I made the call. I was like, hey, let's stick to what I've been doing all week. Let's get up in these trees up in here, the lily pads. And we did. And I think we both had like a bite or two. And then we're like, let's yeah. switch strategies. We went and fished every type of fishing you could and nothing, man. Nothing. nothing. And then I was like, all right, let's call it, man. It's the only thing I've caught is a sunburnt neck now at this point. You know, it's, it, I think it was like 90 already. So we're leaving, we're putzing along, we had to slow down and go under the bridge, and I just made a comment to a guy fishing the bridge. I was like, hey, sir, how's it going? And what did he say? He yeah. said, "He said, oh, it's been great. I caught this big, I caught this big bass, puts his hands out, and, you know, he, fishermen, they exaggerate. Um, he's got got his hands out all wide and everything. He's like, big bass, you know, huge right out here in front right of the here. wall. Right here. <laughs> and that's all I needed to hear. I put that bitch in reverse. He went straight up <laughs> under the bridge, and I look back at you, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're turning around. And we turn back around. <laughs> like, why would you even tell us that? So we turn around, and we come back, and at first thing I say, hey, hey, sir, uh, we're not stealing your spot and he was like no you're good you're good in fact i'm about to leave i want to go home it's too hot and all this and i was like all right so as soon as he said that boop there goes the anchor you yep. and then we throw up we're fishing the wall there at the bridge and oh yeah probably, the wall and then right underneath the bridge yeah and probably the deepest part if i had to imagine of that entire lake is probably oh, yeah and that. it's also a very sudden drop there it's like yeah. it's it's probably it's the probably the deepest part and it's the deep it's the steepest um the most change yeah yeah and their structure, you have the walls yep. of the bridge and all that. And what happens? So yeah, so that so the you know the the gentleman leaves, and uh, I get one bite. It comes off, and then I actually hook into one. Fucker comes off again. Finally, I cast one I more look time. At you, I look at you too. As soon as you threw up and it went under the bridge, kind of right there uh, by yep. that wall. Yeah, I, I, it was just to the right of that thing, and it, it's sinking down. Sure enough, bam, good to go. Let's go reeling it in, and it was nice. But it was nice. Uh, we waited at a pound and a half and sixteen inches. You know, pretty decent sized bass for as far as things. As soon as you said, "I got one," I look over at you, and I don't even like. I'm just dumbfounded. I gave you the <laughs> this man. Like I tilt my head, I stop reeling. I just look at you like. <laughs> nothing all day and all of a sudden here you go and you pull it up and well, i told you that 16 be, I t- 17 inches whatever it was and i was like are you kidding me man and it's the same freaking thing the same color the same setup everything i'm like dang it oh well and i and i, and I told you like I'd, I'd caught fish there before um that that had been the spot at least for me in the past and uh there was one other spot we didn't get to try that we'll, we'll try next time we if we ever go back um yeah yeah <clears throat> there's um definitely i think it's i think it's interesting i mean sometimes there's just there's just spots you just got this, spots this is what chaps my ass about all of it though is the fact that i have been fishing now 10 days straight and i catch something every freaking time i go out the only two times i've ever been skunked is with you <laughs> is when i'm on your boat. boat with you first time fishing those lakes too that was the first time fishing the one, the first one he took me to, and that was the first time fishing silver, you know. So, well, from what I'm hearing is when we do this tournament coming up, and so we're using, we're going to a lake that we've been to. <laughs> Great plug, by the way. So, 
uh, to wrap this up, yes, we thought this would be a fun way to get the outsiders together. We are going to have our first annual bass fishing tournament to be held at Lake to be determined because we need to figure out how many people are willing to do this because there are certain ponds or lakes around here would be amazing. But if we have 10 boats, you can't do some of these small ones like we've been fishing. No way. No way. So uh, let's find out how many people. Sign up ends August 26th, $10 entry, singles event, but definitely uh, share your boat. Get yeah, people you totally, out on the water. Totally ride with other people. Um, I'm sure Derek will be in my boat, and uh, we enjoy fishing together. Um, so $10 entry, singles event. Like I said, it's best yeah. to fish. So share your boat, kayak. If you can bank fish, mm-hmm. rent one from Outdoor Rec, whatever it can be. But yeah, it's a singles event, and we're looking at either a cash prize or... We're going to take the money for entry fees. Once we know how many people are signed up, we're going to go buy some gear and give that away. But we, yeah. we'll all decide that together. We'll say, hey, are we going to do like an 80-20 split? So first place takes 80% of the pot. Second place gets buy-in back plus 10% or whatever whatever that comes out to be. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think I like the I like the money pot. But yeah, we'll see what everybody else thinks. Um, and it's a great way to end the season because September hunting time baby for sure uh tournament is september 2nd just clarify yeah sign up sign up ends the 26th the week before we're gonna go the friday september 2nd because it's a four-day weekend for us yeah hunting season my friend hunting season so i mean it's not so close but i mean it's right around the corner two months away it's so close opening day for archery here in delaware is september 1st and then also you also have uh dove season right there in the same month so Let's see. Let's, oh, yeah. let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Fun right, mornings, well, fun nights. That's, that's uh, for another episode. Another episode of The Outsiders to uh, continue with the next conversation. I'm sure we'll be still talking bass fishing because I was trying to go in the morning, but you, you see the lightning flashing out here right now? Yeah. Yeah, storm's on its way. So yeah. it's supposed to rain until like 10 in the morning. Yeah. So we'll probably go tomorrow evening and then I'll be out Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I have the bug. Let's go. All right. As long as it's not the COVID bug. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's something we didn't even talk about. Maybe next episode. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But the whole Yellowstone thing. So, fun times. We didn't talk about you going to Yellowstone. Yep, no. Yeah, no, we'll have to talk about you going to Yellowstone and running your half marathon next uh, next time. And the natural disaster that happened while I was there. Yes, absolutely. For another episode, because laptops are dying, drinks are empty, storm's coming. Brother, it's been fun, guys. I will uh, see you on the water. See you on the water, and uh, we'll see everybody else. Take it easy. See you.